What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the State of the Nova Nation podcast from VU Hoops. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, it is finally here. It oh, is yes, game it is. day for the Villanova Wildcats. It all starts tonight. And we are literally so excited. I cannot believe it's here. Finally, finally here. Villanova's first game since that March Sweet 16 game against Baylor. It feels so good to be back. So pumped to have fans back in the Finneran Pavilion later today. Oh, Villanova basketball is back. We got another game, of course, on Friday night, but we'll discuss that later. It is just such a great day. It's always a great day to be a Wildcat, but especially today. I was just going to say, it's such a good week. The the non-conference schedule that we've talked about so much at this point is so jam-packed. All these games, it feels like, are going to be must-watch basketball. And then you've got all the other just insanely good matchups at the beginning of the season. Yeah. The the off-season went by quickly, but when I also think about how long ago March was, it feels kind of (laughs) weird. I can't believe it's already November. Wow. I know it's crazy. And as you said, there's some great games. You got the champions classic also later on Tuesday night. Gonzaga, Texas is a game over the weekend. Of course, Villanova, UCLA, your, your marquee matchup for, for week one. There's some really good college basketball games. You got big East teams in action all over the place. It's so exciting. We are here. Yeah. So like we were talking about last week, we did our non-conference schedule preview on Tuesday. And then we had a very special guest for our Big East Conference preview on Thursday. We were joined by the one and only John Fanta. Definitely make sure to check that one out if you haven't already. In both of those previews, we just did an in-depth analysis on each opponent that Villanova was going to play in non-conference and in conference play. We were super happy with how those turned out. Thank you Mm -hmm. for all the questions that we got as well. And today, like we said, it's finally here. We are going to do a team preview for tonight's matchup against Mount St. Mary's. Absolutely. Yes, we're going to go kind of player by player here, starting with the freshmen and working it, working it up through our graduate students, just to give you kind of season ex- expectations for every single player. And we couldn't be more excited to finally get into Villanova after talking about everyone else on the schedule <laughs> over the last couple episodes. It's finally time to get into the team. Yeah, we had such a hard time not doing a team preview and every single opponent we talked about. <laughs> Pretty much. So now we're finally putting it all on the table. It's finally here. So let's start with the freshmen mm-hmm. and we're going to work our way up. I mean, what a luxury that we have graduate students this year. Exactly. Right? It's a little different, right? Totally. All right. Let's start with Angelo Breezy. Oh, that's that? that's my first name on the list, too. Oh, love that. So he is a three-star guard. I was very interested in the heights and weights of almost all the players this year because obviously size is a huge X factor and buzzword for Mm. this Villanova Wildcats team this year. Brizzy's listed at 6'3 and 180 pounds. I'm not expecting a ton of minutes for him this year, and I don't think you can expect a ton of minutes for any freshman basically ever in Jay Wright's system. Hmm. But in the last few years, we definitely have seen an upward trend in that category with Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Justin Moore. I think Nana Njoku, before we get into him, is definitely going to be a freshman that we could see a lot of this year. But Brizzy, I think, is a nice guard who will learn under Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore. And this will just be his acclimation year to the program and the system of Villanova basketball. Yeah, I like how you put it, and it's exactly true. So Brizzy will be wearing number 10 this year from Virginia, 
Uh, an exciting prospect, but it definitely is more of a developmental prospect. I don't think you're going to see a ton of Angelo this season. He's a lefty shot with a really nice three-point shot. He averaged 20 points per game, seven assists per game, uh, and three steals per game his last full season of high school. So he definitely has you know, the ability to put up some numbers there. Highland as well, which was the high school that he went to, was 64-11 and 11 over Brizzy's three seasons, making it to the state. Bad. Yeah, exactly. Making it to state tournament semifinals twice. Uh, and I believe a championship uh, game as well, where they did lose. So a winner, you know, not surprising to come into, into Jay Rice program definitely fits that mold. An interesting quote that I found from Brizzy that's out there was that when I was a freshman, my goal was to play at a really smart D3 school like Carnegie Mellon, MIT, someplace like that. Oh so gosh. I think it kind of goes into the cerebral part of his game where he's, he's going to be, he is a point guard. He is a ball handler. For, for those that are looking for kind of the next generation coming through, but also seeing kind of the technical side of things, seeing that that's where he was thinking going in. And then he was able to elevate his game to a point where he got offers from Villanova, Michigan. I believe Arizona was another one, or is Arizona or Arizona State? It was one of those. So Brizzy is a guy that's got a lot of talent just with the guard depth that we see on Villanova. I'm not sure how many minutes you're going to see from him this year. 100% guard you, but for a guy as cerebral as he seems, mm-hmm. it's an excellent quote you found. What a Thank you. find by you. Wow. I mean, learning in the system might be the perfect thing for him. Mm-hmm. That might be something that he actually enjoys. And of course he wants to see the court, but I see him being a very, very likable player on this team. I think he fits right in. It's going to be super easy to root for him. And down the stretch in some of these blowout games, I wouldn't yep. be surprised if we see him put a few threes up on the board. And I think that'll be a nice check in the box. First developmental year. He learns a ton from Colin Gillespie. And just like you said, it was a perfect way to put it. The next progression of guard play from guard you. at Villanova. <laughs> I agree. And looking at him, like he definitely needs some time to really bulk up and, you know, get into the strength and conditioning. I mean, that's, that's coach Shackleton's specialty right there. So I'm sure we'll see it over the next couple seasons. It's a development year. Anything on top of that, I think, should be seen as gravy with Brizzy. He's an exciting prospect, you know, coming in, being able to shoot the three, handle an offense, and really be a ball handler. But this is not the year for for super high expectations. I honestly wouldn't even be shocked if down the road we see a redshirt come in if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, get some playing time early in the season. It it would make sense with just all the guards we're going to get to on this roster. But you know, there's no guarantee of that. He's current certainly could be just used his freshman year this year. Um, but someone to look out for, for the future as a, as someone that can make an impact. hundred percent. Yeah. Like that a lot. All right. Let's go to Lorden Longino. Now one of two, four stars Longino is a shooting guard out of Germantown Academy. Again, big size here, six, five listed as 220 pounds. I think if we're doing this in tiers, we're not going to see consistent play from Longino, but I do expect to see him a little bit more than Brizzy just because of the shooting ability he brings and also the size. He's not necessarily going to be playing down low, but when you have somebody that can stretch the court the way he can, I think that's a huge strength for Villanova. My excitement is off the charts for Jordan Longino. It, it, I am so pumped for this kid. You know, Doylestown product coming from Germantown Academy. Uh, at Germantown Academy, he is the all-time leading scorer there where he passed Villanova legend Alvin Williams this February for most points scored. So you've got a nice little Nova connection there. He's explosive. He's athletic. He can shoot the three. 
I do think Longino finds a way to work himself into this rotation throughout the year. You might see a little limited minutes throughout the season. I have a feeling he's going to impress because anything I've seen of him has been so impressive. I was so disappointed when he didn't play in the blue and white scrimmage because I really wanted to get a look at him. Uh, I have some super high hopes. Averaged 23 points a game and six rebounds his last full season of high school basketball. And just to show kind of a, a program awareness for what he's going into, a, a quote from him was, Coach Wright has a history with guards, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, Jayla Brunson, Kyle Lowry, guards I look up to. So it, He understands the history here of what he's going into. I think Longino's got the potential to be another one in a very strong line of guards from Villanova. And I do think he plays a role this year. And I'm very excited to see him get on the floor. Yeah. And we have a lot of really good quotes from Jay Wright's Mount St. Mary's press conference that mm-hmm. he did on Monday before the game. And Coach Wright said he's got a good nine man rotation. So Don't hear that too that, often out of Jay. Exactly. That, that type of depth hasn't existed at Villanova in years. But when you think of nine guys, I think you can comfortably add Longino to that list. Yes. I mean, he's a big dude. And I love, I love, love, love when players compare or idolize Dante DiVincenzo <laughs> because that's not the guard you will think of off right off the top of the head. You're going to say Kyle Lowry. You're going to say Archie Diacono. You're going to say Brunson. Scotty Reynolds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to emulate Dante DiVincenzo, that means working from the bottom, coming off the bench, being that spark, getting that shot, and then just pounding the boards and being that just spark plug that Dante was for the last two years. And I can see Longino bringing that same sort of energy this year. Yeah, I I agree. Definitely off the bench for this year, but someone that has certainly has the potential to grow into a starter and an impact starter for Villanova. I think we start to see flashes of how talented this kid is this year. Uh, He's the one that I'm really earmarking from this class that I think can make a, (laughs) can really turn into a fantastic wildcat over the, over his career. 100%. And you you talked about those rebounding numbers. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be something we talk about all season long for the Cats. If he can bring a a rebounding presence, that's going to be huge. That's going to earn him sometimes. Really important. By itself. Yeah. Yeah, And and for all the freshmen, I mean, especially with Jay and earning minutes, it's about how proficient you are on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there will be are you know some rough points for him as he learns the system and and gets used to the speed of the college game but if he is able to adapt and play you know solid defense might be too strong as a freshman but just competent defense I think you see him crack rotation minutes yeah and Villanova's reputation at this point is so far away from one and dones that Mm -hmm. I really believe that the players that come in buy into that because if you don't buy into that then this isn't the school for you and there are obviously anomalies but I think Longino can can do that and bulk himself up and also get those flashes where we're just we're wanting more for next year for sure yeah super exciting is Jordan Longino and I expect we get to see a little bit of him tonight in that Mount St. Mary's game yeah yeah so the freshman that I'm earmarking as excited as I am for Longino is Nana Njoku Ooh. He's a four-star forward. He's 6'9", 260. I actually think he is the tallest player listed on the roster. Yeah, him and Trey are 6'9". Dixon might be listed at 6'9", too, though I'm not sure he's 6'9". If anything, he's tied for it. He's listed at 6'8". Yeah, there you go. Actually, yeah. Demir Kazi Roundtree is listed at 6'9". So to give you a point of reference there, (laughs) this is what I took away from Jay Wright's presser how much he talked about Njoku and how pivotal and how much of an X factor it seems like this kid could be. And 
health was a huge issue for Njoku across the off season and it was hydration issues. So luckily it wasn't anything that he had to heal from. It was just getting his body in shape, making sure he was okay to be on the court. And the way that Jay phrased it is that he's perfectly healthy right now, but he hasn't practiced in five weeks. So he has absolutely no idea what's going on. He just hasn't been on the court enough to know, but he is cleared and available to play tonight. We probably, we maybe practically won't see a lot of him because Mount St. Mary's could put up a fight and Jay Wright isn't known to play freshman anyway, like we just said. But the way Jay Wright was talking about him, do not be surprised at all if Njoku is one of, if not the first guy off the bench, well, actually the the guy off the bench isn't fair, but one of the first big men off the bench, that's what I'll say, trying to relieve Eric Dixon. Yeah, that's fair. He did also have a concussion this summer, so we missed some time from that as well. And Joku's exciting because you see the pedigree coming in. 2021 Gatorade Delaware Player of the Year. Now, as a senior, 21 points a game, nine boards a game, and two blocks uh, on his way to a state championship as well in Delaware. It's some really tantalizing numbers when we talk about Njoku. To your point about him really not practicing, it's why I don't think we see Njoku much At the beginning of the season here, I I think back to Brian Antoine, you know, when he first came in, he missed basically all of the summer, you know, rehabbing the shoulder injury and all that. And Jay didn't play him because he, you know, he wasn't ready to come in. He needed the practice time. He needs to get familiar with the system. It's a little different here because they are so thin in the front court that you might see in Joku's progression get accelerated a little bit, but I still think he gets held back at least at the beginning of this season well, he really gets acclimated to the college game and, and learns the system and all things like that. So I don't know how much you see in Joku kind of at this side of 2021. Maybe once we move into 22, you start to see him get a couple more minutes. It's all about familiarity and practice time and things like that. Yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to watch for when we see those minutes increase. Mm-hmm. And I see it being a similar progression to Eric Dixon as well. We saw him at the beginning of last season, he just he seemed very jumpy, mm-hmm. he didn't have a lot of good reads on defense, and then Jay would pull him relatively quickly and do <laughs> yes. the same thing the next time it happened. And you saw him get more comfortable as the season went on, and that's because he got more comfortable with the system. So I see that happening, but you brought up a really good point. Villanova might not have the luxury to ease him in the way it wants to because of that lack of size, and he is one of the tallest players mm-hmm. listed on the roster. Yeah, he, he's exciting, you know, moving forward. He's definitely someone to watch. I just, I think that circumstances around practice time are going to hold him back here at the beginning. But once the reins are kind of let off and we get to see him, and listen, I'm hoping we see him because I'm very interested in Nana and Joku and the impact that he can make on a, on a thin front court, as we just talked about. I'm just, I'm not sure how much of a leash he's going to have, kind of as you talk about, you know, the, the Eric Dixon comparison. Yep, a lot of Big East teams were interested in him. I think this was a great get mm-hmm. for Nova. I'm very happy he's on our side as opposed to Marquette or Providence or any of the other teams. I mean, imagine the, the front court of Njoku and Nate Watson. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this was a big pick. I think he is definitely going to be a huge part of Villanova's front court in the future. Exactly. And he was the first of this entire freshman class to commit to Villanova. So I think that also leads into kind of the excitement that I'm sure he has to get out there on the floor. And hopefully we see it it sooner rather than later, because I'm so intrigued by him and and any impact that he can bring. Yeah, I think that's the good way to put it. Any impact that he can bring, I think at this point, based on the the offseason that he had and literally being on the court for the first time three days ago, 
we definitely have to give him a little bit more grace. And it's a shame mm-hmm. because who knows what it could have been like if he was healthy the entire offseason, but can't do anything about it now. It's just going to be him learning the system and yep. figuring out how Villanova basketball works. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the freshman that's not really a freshman? Oh, so excited about this one. Take it away. Trey Patterson coming in, the freshman that's not really the freshman because he did enroll in the spring, a 6'9 forward from Somerset, New Jersey, coming out of Rutgers prep. Uh, Jay Wright has talked about it, you know, a bunch of times over the summer. And as we've led into the season that he does not consider him a freshman, even played in two games last year, I believe only logged three minutes, but played against St. John's and North Texas. In high school, he scored over 1,400 points in three years. His career high was 43 points, just kind of showing you the the ability that he has to score. Uh, He's got a number swap this year. He was number 12. He is now number 13. And he's bulked up nearly 30 pounds from his high school senior year weight to what he is now. Trey Patterson is the crown jewel of this recruiting class, as I believe was put on VU Hoops, as excited as I am for Jordan Longino. And Trey Patterson's going to play from the get-go this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that half year under his belt. What are they, is it, was it reclassification? Is that what he did? The Basic, fact that he was able to come early? Yeah. Basically with the COVID year, uh, they were in uh, high school basketball. They weren't sure how much of a schedule he was going to have. He was able to graduate early and enroll. It were yeah, graduate early and enroll early at Villanova and get that extra experience. In. And just, yeah, imagine what it must have been like sitting on the bench. And of course, you didn't have any losses this hmm. year because Gillespie and Samuels came back. But what well, Swider did transfer. But being able to now have a year and a half or two years, we'll say, of experience under them. I completely agree with you. He is going to be a immediate contributor to this offense. And when you hear the fact that he bulked up 30 pounds, it's huge. I think that immediately again goes to the depth, the, uh, the size point, and we're going to see him in the quote unquote big ball situations, but he's athletic enough where he can stretch the court. Yeah. And I really hope that Dixon and Samuels at times, and maybe in Joku, if he transitions well, can hold down that five spot. Cause I think Trey Patterson would work so well in that four position, being able to put up shots and just as easily go to the rim. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I think we often think about kind of that mentor and, and mentee role from a, you know, a point guard or a guard perspective. He still spent half a season with Jeremiah Robinson Earl and got yeah, to learn from him. Oh, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> you know, got to learn from Jeremiah before he went off to the NBA, which I can only imagine how vital that's going to be for a forward. As you said, he is more than just a traditional big man. He can absolutely step it out and stretch the floor. Patterson is going to be in the rotation. That is one thing that I feel very certain about uh, as we head into the season. He's going to provide some front court depth. He's going to provide you know some length. I'm super excited to see what he can, can put in because I do think he's going to play legit minutes from the start here. Yeah, and it's going to be so valuable to have that athleticism again in the post. And that's what you think of when you think of Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And we've talked about that before his footwork, his technicality was exactly precise. And man, I hope that some of that came on to Trey Patterson and he's bringing a lot of it on his own too, because Mm -hmm. that seems to be one of the most unguardable traits in college basketball. Now that's the drew Timmy's and a lot. And the, um, Luca Garza's of last year, right? Even the Jeremiah Robinson Earls, those guys present such hard matchups because they can do everything. And I think Trey Patterson is going to show this year that he can do everything. 
And you talk about scoring as I rattled off there, he scored 43 in a game. Now, yeah. of course it's high school. It's very different than what Villanova is going to be up against, but he can score. <laughs> he's, he's got the touch. He's got the ability to take over a game like that. It's a completely different level, but I, I think people should be very excited about Trey Patterson and very excited about him from the get-go. You know, we talk about the other guys and we say there's a learning curve. It's a development process. You know, we'll see how they learn the system. I don't expect too much of that to apply for Trey Patterson. And he's still a freshman, remember, being yeah. classified as. So I, I think with that, he is certainly someone that you want to look at for, for a chance to play decent minutes. And we'll see tonight because I think he's got a chance to play, you know, between some, some minutes. I, I don't know if I want to say a full-on thing, but if he played upwards of 10 minutes, I wouldn't be shocked. And 10 minutes is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. I mean, Slater played like 16 minutes last year. So mm-hmm. when you put that in reference, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I don't mean to pin these guys down to positions on the court because we know how fluid it coach Wright is with that. I'm just so curious and I'm curious to hear what you think and, and how Jay Wright does this. If they're going to go small ball more often than not and let Trey Patterson loose, or are they going to play conservative and play him in the front court just because they need that size? I think that's going to be the thing that I'm most excited to watch because Leash might be too strong of a word because if mm-hmm. he can put a shot up, he's going to put a shot up. But they're, they might not need extra scoring if Colin is 100% and Justin Moore takes the leap like we all expect him mm-hmm. to. And Jermaine Samuels is putting up 10 a game and Caleb Daniels is putting up double digits. Anything you get offensively from Trey Patterson will be amazing. But I think everybody's much. really going to be watching what he adds on the defensive end and in the post. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's about using that length and giving them an extra body that can be down low. That also has the ability to stretch the floor. And it's, you you go through all those things and it's why I think Villanovans are so pumped for what Patterson can bring to this program, not just this year, but for years to come. Definitely. Yeah. He is still listed as a freshman. Gotta love it. it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where should we go next? Uh, Keep moving down the list. So I guess that would be Eric Dixon since he's considered a redshirt sophomore. We love Dixon, so please take it over. Yeah, I am very excited for Eric Dixon's full year here. And really, as he transitions to a full-time role in the rotation, do he? I, I think you would be surprised at this point if he isn't a starter for almost every single game. I expect him to be the front court starter for Villanova until proven differently or until proven that he can't handle it. That being said, I think this offseason proved that he can handle it. Like Pat mentioned, 6'8", 255. He's from Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. He had the typical freshman progress uh, progression for a Villanova freshman. He redshirted. He learned under JRE. He got comfortable in the system with more time, which is really all you can hope and expect for from a freshman. And I think this is where this year is where we see Dixon take the jump and turn into the physical beast that Mm. everyone thought he could be when he enrolled at Villanova. And I mean that in a very good way and that he's a big guy. He can really tear up the paint and bring in a ton of boards if he is at his peak physicality. Yeah. I I think with Dixon, if I look back to last year, it was flashes of potential mixed in with some frustration is I think how, how we would look at it. And just, just looking at it, you know, we had a double double against Hartford. If you go back to that game early last season, 14 points, 10 boards, 
to close out last season, he had three shot blocks against Baylor, you know, the eventual national champions, which I think is really impressive and something that you hope will carry over into the season as Villanova looks for kind of a rim protector uh, overall eight minutes per game, three points per game, two rebounds per game, not a huge impact. If you look at that stuff, but his per 40 minutes were really favorable. He just didn't, he didn't get too much runtime out of it, uh, you, you know, last season. So I think with the expanded role, Dixon certainly has a chance to really kind of stamp some authority on this team and, and give them what they need. And he's a vital player. Cause as we talk about it, there's not a lot of guys that can fill that role. I mean, I love Trey Patterson, but I don't know if you can fully rely on him to, to go into those minutes this early in his career. I think Jermaine Samuels and Brandon Slater are going to be honest. If Dixon falters, they're going to be the ones that take his minutes and, and Jay's going to adjust the lineup accordingly. So it's such an interesting proposition here for Dixon. I think you see some progression. I'm excited to see what he can do. He continues to transform his body, which is so impressive. We've talked about it before that the footwork looked better. You're hoping that he does a little bit better of a job on the defensive side of the ball, kind of understanding the rotations and things like that. He Dixon X factor is probably not the word I want to use here, but he's someone that if Villanova is able to really go far this season, he's going to need to make a big impact. Yeah, I mean, talk about being the guy and getting the confidence this offseason and earning the respect of your teammates and earning the starting spot as a redshirt sophomore mm. after averaging just eight minutes per game last year. Exactly. That's a huge jump. And unfortunately for him, I don't think – actually, this might even be a compliment. Villanova fans have a lot of expectations for Eric Dixon. I think so. So if he struggles early, I think he's going to get a lot of flack for that. But also talk about a guy who's put in the work. His progression has been so evident every single year, both personally for him and his weight and the way he was able to get into shape and when he gained that confidence and when he was able to make a real impact in the Baylor game. Those are the minutes that really count. I mean, I think this could be a really shocking minute increase to go from eight to somewhere in the 17 plus I was going to say around the double range yeah 16 17 plus because again Villanova is going to be in a serious hole if he can't be that guy down low that's Mm -hmm. going to be really really tough because then you probably put Slater down there you lose some some um floor stretching with Samuels then things get a little bit dicey even with that extra rotation depth that Jay talks about but there is a lot of hope and expectation and potential in Eric Dixon to take the leap this year. You talk about minutes. I mean, let's look to the guy that's gone. Jeremiah Robinson averaged 35 minutes a game last season. They have to replace that. And I I don't, I don't even mention his other per games because they're never going to be able to simply out of one guy replace 16 points per game and nine rebounds, which is just what Jeremiah did, which is of course, you know, incredible for what he was able to put up, but the minutes, obviously, you have to replace, and Dixon's going to be the first guy to go through, and I, I believe they are going to split it up a little bit in trying to to fill those minutes. I believe that the lineup is going to change around, you know, a little bit to, to try and fill those minutes. I don't know if there's a, a, a clear, like, square peg going into square yes. hole type situation here, Yeah, uh, but Dixon's the guy you look at to have certainly the first crack at proving he can at least take a big chunk of those. Yeah, and you are 100% right to not say that Dixon has to be the next Jeremiah. No, that's not fair to him. It's not fair to him. That is not fair at all. That should not be the expectation. 
but the minutes have to be replaced. And I think Mm -hmm. they have a good plan in place with Slater taking the leap and Samuels and Trey Patterson. And I think it would be pretty expected to see Dixon and Trey Patterson do it, filling out a nice tandem there. But I think another really good quote that Jay Wright said yesterday, he said, and I quote, we've got a lot of room for growth. We've got a lot of guys taking the next step. Certainly. And Dixon was the first name that came to Jay's head. And it was the first name that, that came into my head. When you talk about floor and ceiling for Villanova this year, if Dixon exceeds expectations, think about how much better this team can be. And he's got some tough assignments. The big East is a big league this year. UConn, Providence, Xavier, there are some tough assignments and he's going to have some work cut out from him early with the non-conference schedule too. And we talk about UCLA and Tennessee and Purdue, Travion Williams, but I, I won't, I won't spoil it because we have a question at the end. That's really good. But I think Eric Dixon is, is going to be a key cog in the rotation this year. You talk about his tests. I mean, tonight is a test for him going up against Mount St. Mary's. Of course, it's not the same level of competition as a UCLA or the Big East, but Mezio Forum, Nana Opoku, Malik Jefferson, all, you know, pretty decent big men that, you know, he's got a chance to to guard and go up against. So I think from the get go here, we're going to see, you know, any sort of progression from Eric. Of course, it's early and it will be one game, but it's it'll be exciting to see get tested out of the gates. 100%. 100%. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of expectations. We'll see how he handles that pressure, too, and if his confidence can continue to grow. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be big for him. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. So that is the only sophomore on the roster. Yeah, then three year. juniors. And he's a redshirt sophomore. All right, you could pick, take your pick of the first junior we want. Oh, you want me to go with it? Um, <laughs> wow. All right, I'll, I'll go with Chris Archidiakono then. We'll, right. we'll, we'll go with that one. And how I start this player preview is very simple. It's just with a, it's a question. It's a one, one line question. Just think about how different this preview about him would be a year ago. Mm-hmm. What, what we were saying about Chris Archdiakono about, he was, you know, lumped in with basically the, the bench warming section of, Oh, he'll, you know, he'll get some minutes in in blowouts and that's about it. He's there as a practice player to practice hard. <laughs> Look at the 360 or excuse me, the 180 that has happened since then he's got a legitimate chance to really make an impact. I mean, just looking at it, if, if we're looking at his most impactful performance, I look at Georgetown in the NCAA tournament coming off with the Justin Moore injury, 34 minutes played Colin Gillespie, uh, of course, as well, five rebounds, four assists, zero turnovers. And the zero turnovers is the thing I harp on because it's what Jay is going to look at as when Gillespie comes out of the game, if he wants that kind of true distributor, you know, not a Justin Moore, not a Caleb Daniels to be taking over, Chris is going to be the guy. And because of that, I think you're going to see him play a lot of minutes this year. I know we kind of, I hinted at it in an earlier episode we did on here, but Chris Archdiakono is going to play a role on this squad this year. People joke about him. Mm-hmm. Pat, if Chris Archidiakono didn't step up into that role in Gillespie's wake, like Villanova's did, not in the Sweet 16. No shot. Literally. No shot. Villanova shop. is not even close to being in the Sweet 16. I need to hammer that point home mm-hmm. because, again, people think he's a nice story and his brother and how fun he is off the bench and making all those diving plays for the loose balls. And that's great. And the defensive intensity he brings is awesome but he did not have any turnovers basically ever. I think he had one in those big games. He played down the stretch. I think he had one turnover and they played some big time opponents. This kid is battle tested at this point. I a hundred percent agree with you. 
And we saw at points Justin Moore and Caleb Daniel struggle being pinned down to just being the ball handler and the yep. ball distributor when Colin was down. So to have the strength and the luxury of putting Arch in and keeping Daniels and Moore in the two, three and letting them just continue to shoot. That's a huge advantage. I uh, completely agree with you. I see Arch being a really important part to this team. I like what you say about that too. And that it's not just about Chris Arch Diacono here. It's about letting Justin Moore and Caleb Daniels and eventually Jordan Longino play roles that fit them better. And instead of trying to force them to be that, that ball handler to take over the offense, let Chris come in there and do that when Colin needs a spell. Uh, I, I really like that point that you made there. And as I said, I'm, I'm excited to see a progression here because Jay Wright was talking about him, you know, leading up to the season. They said the three-point shot's gotten a lot better in yeah. practice. So if we can see him add a little bit more of a three-point shot, if we can see him be a little bit more assertive when it comes to shot-taking, why couldn't Chris Archdiakono become a really important player for this team as he already became a really important player for this team down the stretch last year. So uh, this is an, yeah, go for it. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I feel so strongly about it. And and I know that you feel just as strongly. Yes. It's one thing for Gillespie to be off the court and to see that plus minus go down and to see other guys struggle because Colin is one of the best players in the country period. But then to have Chris Archie Diakono come in And to literally have confidence that A, he won't turn the ball over. B, he's never going to like take it slow. He is always going to bring the intensity. I was going, I had a a metaphor in my head that I will choose not to say. But But, um, yeah, it's learning under Colin. I think he was an incredible mentor to him. He's, He's keeping the ball safe. He's handling it well, not turning it over. If he can add more that confident offensive presence I think that's huge but I have a lot of confidence in Chris Archidiaco anyways yeah I listen I'm with you I'm excited I made my point on it already um he's uh he's gonna play an impact this year he really is love that all right let's go to Brian Antoine mm-hmm. you want to start I that thought, one yeah I'll start this one I thought the VU hoops player preview article about Brian Antoine was really good it was. And the first sentence was, unfortunately, we are still not past saying poor Brian Antoine. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a shame that we're still there because it just seems like he he's never gotten the chance to show what he can do. And it, it's all that that hype before he even got to Villanova when he was the McDonald's All-American. And we saw flashes. He scored eight points against Winthrop last year in the first round of the tournament. He scored six against North Texas. When Colin Gillespie went down, he also was one of the few players to step up but he still played less than 120 minutes in the year before that. It was even less injuries just continue to plague his career. He's going to start late again this year. I believe it was a patella injury. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. So he's going to have more time on the bench because of that, but another really key cog when he's added to this offense, Antoine can be really electric and we unfortunately just haven't seen the full unleashing of him yet. It's so disappointing just for him on a personal level to think of a guy that came out as a five-star from Rainey and just has never been able to really put a stamp on anything because he's been injured with the shoulder injuries and, and, and now the patella and coming down, I think he had something with his back. It's, uh, it's so tough to see. He's never been able to find a consistent run of games. Uh, he's never looked fully comfortable, you know, when he has been out there. And I think a lot of that has been because he hasn't had the opportunity to consistently practice 
with the team and has had all these kind of stop starts basically to his career. It's got to be so hard to get in any sort of a rhythm for him. I, I mean, if you're looking at it from the positive side, he did double his minutes from uh, from freshman to sophomore year there. So you did see a little bit more of a role there. I don't know what we can really make of Brian Antoine because we don't see him on the floor. We know that there's loads of potential there. We know how talented he was in high school. We see flashes of the speed and the athleticism and the ability to slash to the hoop and, and you know, play, be a good defender with active hands and all that. We've seen flashes of it, but we've never seen it consistently. And it's because the poor guy just can't stay healthy. And it, it's, it really is a sad story at this point. And I hope he recovers from that patella and we can see him make more of an impact this year. But as of right now, I can't, I don't think of him as putting too much into the rotation because I, I don't know how healthy he's going to be. Yeah. And I am so sorry. Ryan Antoine is listed as a senior. He is. That is my fault. I'm sorry. I skipped there. It, I mean, I think that actually works into our point. Well, I can't believe he's been around for that long because we just haven't seen enough of him. Yeah. I, I echo every single thing you said. And it's also just so hard when we were talking about Njoku early and how Jay's saying he just has no idea what's going on. Not that Villanova plays a high pace because that's obviously not true, but it's just so hard to not be practicing with the team. You have to be in it. You have to be making the mistakes in the game so that you can work on it and practice and get better. And Brian Antoine is just never healthy enough to do that. So then when he is, when he is placed into the games, he seems really nervous when he's putting up shots and he can't keep up defensively because the conditioning isn't there. And it's so obvious when you mm. talk about it that way. And there were just such high expectations for him as soon as he stepped foot onto Villanova's campus. And it really is just so unfortunate. Hopefully he's able to heal from this. And now that he is a senior, he'll know enough about the program to be able to make an impact immediately. But I, I actually didn't look what his timetable is right now. Jay Wright said in a press conference yesterday, he was weeks away. So that really isn't too specific. And then we'll see when he's actually healthy, how long it takes him to get back into this rotation. Yeah, for sure. Quick note, the Villanova does list him as a junior. Um, so oh, not that true. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was, things are weird with the COVID year and everything. Yeah, that's I, right. They're listed differently everywhere, but Villanova does have him listed as a junior. Uh, and you're right. I mean, with the Patella injury, the first thing I thought was that he was going to need surgery. I know the school has insisted he will not, but Patellas are not an easy injury to just, you know, rehab from and recover from. So I, I do not, as we currently stand on, you know, November 9th, first day of the season, I don't really factor him into the rotation as of right now. I think we need to see him be able to recover, get some consistent practice time before we can think of him going back into that rotation. It, it, as I said, it's very disappointing. I really hope he gets healthy because I want to see what Brian Antoine can do. But un until we can get that health, I, I can't put him in there as a, as a trusted rotation guy yet. No, I feel the same way. I don't, I don't think you can, you can trust him to contribute at least until we get into big East play and even past that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we're there. Yeah. yeah. I think so, and too. it really is. It really is so unfortunate. I'm sure you could tell by the way we're talking. Ah, crushes about. me to say it. Definitely. And when he, again, again, when you see the flashes, like remember that Slater Antoine dunk last mm -hmm. year. And it just seemed like that was a, uh, breaking point isn't the right word, but a breakthrough for him. And he was finally getting comfortable and he has never been able to build upon that. It's been so stop and go because he just can't stay healthy. So hopefully this is here, his year when he comes back from that, he's able to contribute a little bit, but we're definitely not close to seeing Brian Antoine on the court yet. No. And to your point in the NCAA tournament, he had an eight and a six point game yeah. against Winthrop and North Texas, his best, you know, scoring outputs 
of the season there. So he really did end on a high note. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were super excited to see him get those minutes this year. But again, another cruel injury has popped up for the poor kid. So I, I hope he can recover and get in there so we can finally see the Brian Antoine we've all been waiting for. I think this would he would have been in the conversation with Slater and Dixon in terms of guys that are going to be it this year. This mm-hmm. is going to be their year. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And he was yeah. relied upon heavily when Colin went out. He did. Him, he I saw a big spike in minutes. Yeah, you don't see Villanova fleshing as well as it did, playing as well as it did without Brian Antoine in those sure. last couple games. Yeah, yeah, sure. Definitely. All right, you can pick the next one. Uh, well, the next one will be our last junior then, and the one that I am most excited about because <laughs> it's a player I've been on since he's first stepped on this campus. It's Justin Moore. We've talked about him, all Big East second teamer. Uh, he did raise his point per game total uh, from his going into or from his sophomore to his freshman year. Overall, a better shooting percentage, but a lower three point percentage as that did take a little bit of a dip. Also, had a two to one assist turnover ratio, which I think is very important for for you know, right. And, and picking guys to play uh, a, a lot of minutes, he gutted out performances at the end of the season on that hurt ankle, you know, thinking about him as well for his best games, 24 and 21 points, both came against Creighton where his season highs uh, go back two years ago. He was a unanimous selection to the big a unanimous selection to the big East all freshman team this year. We've, you know, saw the audio he's focused on being more of a leader when things are all said and done, I think Justin Moore's got a shot to be all Big East first team. That That's how high of a ceiling I think there is for Justin Moore. I think a lot of it does come down to consistency and is that three ball going to fall and is he making the correct shot selections? But Justin Moore's a stud. And, we, you know, you talk about guys that make a jump. I don't even know what that jump is for Justin Moore because he's been so good his freshman and sophomore years, but there's still room to grow, of course. And I think we're going to see that this year. If you can't tell, Pat absolutely loves Justin Moore. Yeah, Justin Moore is my guy. The president of the Justin Moore (laughs) fan club since he stepped onto campus, and for very good reason, obviously. Yeah, very well said. I'm not going to repeat anything you said because I think you hit the nail on the head, but just to emphasize your last point, there isn't really a worst-case scenario here because Mm -hmm. I think right now Justin Moore is probably the second-best player on this roster, and he continues to improve his game. So we talked, we, you, you mentioned, we talked about the audio. He, his main goal this offseason was to improve his explosiveness on both the offensive and defensive end. He's only 6'4", I believe is what he's like. That sounds as. right. And he can still confidently take the ball to the rim. So we're going to see more of that this year. If he can improve upon his three-point game, then it becomes even more lethal off the dribble. And then adding a defensive presence, that's definitely where he can take his game to the next mm-hmm. level, along with the leadership ability. And I think that comes naturally for him. But if he can lock down as a defender and pick up Gillespie's slack, if maybe he's struggling on the defensive end, especially with that injury, that's going to be huge for this team. Because intensity isn't the right word because that's not what Villanova was lacking, but there are definitely been times when strong guard play has really upset Villanova's, you know, equilibrium. And there are definitely going to be some tough guard matchups, both non-conference and regular conference. If Justin Moore makes a leap in that category, that's really, really important. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I do want to see him make more of an impact on the defensive side of the ball. I do want to see him get to the basket more and kind of use that athleticism around the rim. 
uh, instead of all the shot. Wilson, he's a good three-point shooter. Of course, we want to see him take those threes, but I, I think he really is lethal around the basket as well. I want him to showcase that basketball IQ, which is clearly very, very high. You know, I, I feel comfortable with the ball being in his hands. Of course, he's not a true primary ball handler, but I, I think Justin Moore has got the chance to really – Gillespie, of course, is the guy here. Moore is going to be the secondary scorer, um, and I think he's got a chance to make All Big East. Yeah, and he was really the first. I think him and Jerry were the first freshmen to start in a rotation since 2002-2003. Does that sound right to you when they were freshmen and they started in the season opener? Well, I can tell you I had the stat in front of me when called that game. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I'm thinking of, too. I'm pretty sure it was 2002-2003. But we've been talking a lot about how helpful it is and how advantageous it is for freshmen to sit in their first year and learn the system and learn from the older guys. But when we're being honest with each other, the experience matters the most. And for Justin Moore, who has made an impact from day one, who has learned from his mistakes literally game after game because he's played on almost every single game since he's been a Villanova Wildcat, that's what matters most. And that's why we've seen such a linear progression from him because he was called upon to be an important contributor from day one. And now as his leadership roles expand, he's getting called upon to do even more things. So this is where, this is where we know he can shoot. Let's see you drive to the rim. We know that you can guard the three or the three. Let's see you try and post up against a point guard and starts and start defending some really lethal explosive guards instead of, all right, let's see five more points a game. That's not what it's going to be. It's just the incremental leaps that take him from potentially an all big east honorable mention to an all big east first team selection because i think that's the ceiling for him Mm -hmm. yeah listen i agree i i think this is a big year for justin moore i'm excited to see it and we all get to see it start tonight yeah i was excited for you to talk about him i know you were pumped for that i always am you just you set me up on a justin moore soapbox and i will go off yep all right i think that is all the underclassmen right correct yes what's the word underclassmen yeah underclassmen i've obviously been out of school so long that i can't remember it my gosh all right let's go to caleb daniels okay okay i have some interesting splits from him i think we all remember how good caleb daniels was when he started he was a transfer for tulane had a lot of expectations for the scene for the season and to contribute early and in the first nine games of the season He shot 58% from the floor and 43% from three. He was averaging over 12 points per game, was looking really well acclimated, was a huge contributor. And then after he got COVID, he was one of two players to get COVID at the time when Villanova had that breakout. And things were just never the same for him after being diagnosed in his last 16 games. He was averaging under eight minutes. He was shooting just 34% from the floor, 35% from three. He was struggling, always in foul trouble. He couldn't keep up defensively. He had bad shot selection. This offseason was maybe the most important offseason for anyone on the team, for Caleb Daniels to get healthy, to find that stroke again. Because when he is on, he is so important to this team. But I know how frustrated people were by his play last year. I think we just got to keep in mind that he was struggling with COVID. And this could be a new look Caleb Daniels this year. Yeah, when I think of Caleb Daniels, I think of flashes, again, is Mm -hmm. what we saw last year, where we saw his ability to score. You know, we saw that he could come in and make an impact from games. And he certainly did that. 
at the start of the season. Of course, the COVID came in. Of course, COVID made uh, you know a huge difference. Where as you just read off, his numbers dropped drastically. I, I still think Caleb Daniels can be a very good player for this Villanova team. Just think about how good he was at Tulane just a couple years ago. Of course, the role is much much different on this Villanova team. He does not see anywhere near the volume of shooting that he saw on Tulane here at Villanova, but he absolutely has the ability to score the basketball. He's very vocal out there on the floor. You know, he's a decent defender. Yes. He got into foul trouble as well. You know, I, I think Caleb Daniels is certainly someone that Villanova is going to need more from this year than we saw from the second half of the season. I'm also interested to see what his start to the season looks like because he did miss a lot of time this offseason as well with complications getting over COVID. He, he had some issues with that, which, of course, it's nothing. It's not a shot against him at all. But, it, you know, it's, it's hard that his offseason was impacted a little bit there, too, because you said how important it is for him to try and get back healthy. You know, it was great to hear Jay say in the press conference yesterday that he is 100 percent healthy. So hopefully it's just a, a clean slate from Caleb Daniels and we can get that early season Daniels because he was really, really good. I mean, think of that first bubble, you know, with the games yeah. that were being played. He was very important to some of those wins. And I don't see why he, he can't do that again this year. Yeah, and I, I really like that you brought up the vocal aspect of his game. He's a phenomenal leader. He, yeah. I think, made a huge impact in the locker room. And that's hard to do as a transfer. You got to earn the respect of your guys and also be a leader. That's a lot. But I also think it's a big deal for Jay to say that he is 100% perfectly healthy, mm-hmm. right? That is, that is a big stamp of approval that he is 100% fine. I think once you say that, then you get back to those early season expectations for sure. I think we probably have to talk about it now when we talk about the starting five. Caleb Daniels most likely lost his starting spot. Yes. It might be less about him than it is about the jump Slater took and the expectations for him this season. But I actually think that Caleb Daniels might thrive in the sixth man role. I agree. Coming off the bench, being that spark plug. I think if he can add assists to his game, if he can be a better ball distributor, that wrinkle could confuse defenses. And then you've got three pretty good ball distributors and Colin Gillespie, who's better than good. He's an excellent distributor. (laughs) And then, and then Justin Moore and Caleb Daniels, that's really, really solid guard play for Villanova. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think ball distribution is a great place to go for, because there were some, some very head scratching turnovers did come out of Caleb Daniels when he had the ball 1.6 turnovers per game. Love to see that number go down to around the one range. Um, I I have faith that he can, you know, build off of that year. It's just, it's all about consistency with Daniels and uh, we'll see if he can start to get into it. And it's another thing he will not be relied upon to put up maybe even 10 plus a game. That would be great, Mm -hmm. but it's a huge jump from go to being, to go from being the top scorer at Tulane to be the fourth or fifth option at Villanova. That's a lot personally and mentally to, to take on and to switch and to switch that mindset. But I think this will be an important year for him to really solidify his role as being the hype man, being the defensive guy, being the physical one. He took a lot of charges. That's a great part of his game. And if he can just cut down on the turnovers and get better shot selection, I think we should continue to have high expectations for Caleb Daniels because Nova needs them. That much is very certain. Villanova needs the best version of Caleb Daniels all season long. Yep. Totally with you. So certainly someone that, again, we know we talk about who Villanova needs to step up if they're going to go on this late March run. 
Caleb Daniels being, I agree, you know, and I'm totally comfortable with him coming off the bench, him being a solid scoring option off the bench, I think can be really key for this team. Yeah. I'm actually going to go back. I think they need more than 10 from him. I think 10 is going to be the floor from him. Really? Yeah. What do you think? I said 10 is a good number because 10 is what he averaged last year. Yeah. So I, I, I think around 10 is, is good especially with the, the jump that I think guys like Slater, I think Moore is going to handle more of that scoring uh, burden this year. I'm hoping you see a couple more points out of Dixon as well. So yeah. I think around 10 should be okay. If you get more from him, that's great. Yeah, I feel the same way. All right, let's talk about Slater. I know everybody has been so eager to hear really just the the prognosis of him and that jump and that leap that everybody talks about. He has earned the starting spot this year and Wright was gushing about him and how he has earned the respect of every single person in the Villanova program. And he's talking about the gradual progression of Slater getting better each and every day and how encouraging and inspiring that path to watch was because it has been such a linear progression, like I said, in terms of minutes, in terms of shots per game, in terms of rebounds per game, in terms of blocks per game, everything has seen an incremental rise and I think it's going to culminate this season as a senior. I mentioned earlier in the show, he averaged just under 17 minutes last year. I think that bumps to probably 25 plus. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be heavily relied upon. He's listed at 6'7", 220. That's a great bulking off season for him. A lot of expectations are going to be on Brandon Slater to either be the five that Dixon can't be if it comes to that or to just bolstering that front court and adding an offensive presence. That was definitely the weakest part of his game last year, because we already know how good he is on defense. So I I think when you think of Brandon Slater and we think of this lineup first, a lot of us talk about, you know, Villanova going small, Well, there's also the potential that Villanova goes big against Mount St. Mary's and throws a front court out there of Slater Samuels and Dixon, which is, you know, that's not small. That's not small. It's not small. Now, of course, there's a chance that Dixon takes a seat, and a guard comes in there like a Caleb Daniels. But I, I do think it's a very real possibility that we see that, you know, coming off of the press conference that Jay had yesterday announcing Slater as a starter. But if we look at him, you know, you, you hit basically everything I wanted to do. To quote John Rothstein, excitement is palpable for Brandon Slater for what I think he can be. You know, Jay Wright has discussed a ton about the improvement that he's seen out of him, you know, over the summer. Just looking at his three-point game over the last three years, as a freshman, he shot 0%. As a sophomore, he shot 15%. And last year as a junior, he got it up to 42%. So we've seen that Slater can progress and he can get better. And he has really fine-tuned his game. So I think that leads into high expectations going into the season. You know, last year he averaged just about four points a game. You know, can he double that? And get to eight and imagine Slater adding, you know, eight to 12 points a game, something like that. That'd be a huge difference for this Villanova team. And I say, why not with Brandon Slater? We know he's the best defender on the team already. We know he's a solid rebounder. Brandon Slater's got a chance, you know, the jump. I don't like to use jump on a lot of players because I think it can be overused. Brandon Slater legitimately has a chance to make a jump and solidify himself as a starter, as a rotate, as a more than a rotation guy, but someone that is really, you know, solidified to use the word again in the rotation and become a really important player. Yeah. Jay Wright called him a top five Villanova basketball player. And that might even be too big. Not a bad compliment when we're talking about it towards the middle or the end of the season. 
I feel the same exact way. We have seen him hit clutch three pointers. I think if that can continue to be a really nice underused strength, that would be great. I definitely Mm -hmm. don't want to see him just chucking up shots because he definitely doesn't have the stroke that Robinson Earl had. No, I completely agree with, with everything you said. It's going to be just continued excellence on the defensive end and just causing being such a menace in the paint. And then anything we see on offense is going to be huge. Definitely. Anything on offense would be huge. That's how you look at it because we already know how great he is on the defensive side. So add some points, add some scoring and Brandon Slater can be very dangerous. And he's one of the few seniors on this team. If mm-hmm. Colin and Jermaine didn't come back, this would be Brandon Slater's team. Oh, right? I love, I think, oh God, that feels good. Yeah. We've, we've seen him. I've said the word progress like a billion times in this episode. I'm so sorry. But the leadership role has been huge and the respect he's earned from his teammates and how much he's acclimated to this role. I think he fits it really, really well. I do too. And and as his reward, now he's going to see a ton more minutes and a ton more expectations. So it works out really well for him. Yep. All right, let's do Kevin Voigt before we get into Gillespie and Samuels. Bench hype, man right? It, it is a very important role. I do not think it should be understated. He obviously will not see a ton of minutes. He is a walk-on, but I think if Voigt can continue to bring the intensity from the bench, like we've seen the bench mob do for years and years and years now, that's going to be his role 100%. Coming from a native Long Islander, Massapequa represent right there. So of course, excited about that. I mean, Voigt actually looked okay you know decent in the the blue and white scrimmage right we saw of him but of course you know don't expect too many minutes from him maybe some garbage time minutes he's there to to really be a practice player to help the team work on things uh, you know be a leader kind of in those huddles and, and really help pick his teammates up he's got an important role of course it is not the same as as the guys that are going to be going out there for for many minutes a game but you know what why wouldn't you be excited and just glad for the opportunity for a kid like him to go out and do it hundred percent. Yeah. I love that Massapequa represent. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the two grad students who decided to exercise their fifth year that was given out because of COVID-19, that extra year of eligibility that was handed out to all athletes. Jermaine Samuels, Mm. 29 minutes per game last year. He averaged 12 points, six boards, two and a half assists in his last 16 games of the season. He shot 14, he had 14 points per game and a 63.3% true shooting percentage. Every single year we've seen Jermaine Samuels hit his groove in the last half of the season. And if he can just start that a little bit earlier this year, I think Jermaine Samuels could be an all big East first team selection as well. Just like Jermaine, just like Justin Moore, excuse me. Yeah, he should be in the conversation. I mean, he's an all big East second teamer going into the season. So I do think he can be in the conversation for a first teamer looking at it after Colin Gillespie got injured. He averaged 15 and a half points, seven boards and three assists in the postseason. That's a very well-rounded stat line. Uh, last year as well had over moved past 500 career rebounds, became the 51st wildcat to do that in the history of the program. And in his best season shooting from deep, you know, at 37%. Again, if we look at progression and improvement, look at Jermaine Samuels when he came in as a freshman, he shot 63% from the free throw line. Last year, he shot 83%. That's a huge increase. And again, it's just, it's a testament to the work ethic of some of these guys to really put in the hours and and get better. But when I look at Jermaine Samuels, what I want to look at this year is the rebounding. Because when we look at it from a year ago, he only had two games with double digit rebounds, which were 12 and 10. 
uh, respectively, I want to see him really dedicate himself and become more of a rebounding presence because we talk about this thinner front line to be able to take some of that burden off of Eric Dixon and really help out on the boards because Jeremiah Robinson is not there to clean up all the rebounds like he was a year ago. So look at that as a chance to really spike up for Jermaine this year. Yeah. I mean, when you think about this rebounding team last year, Jermaine was second on the team with Mm -hmm. those six rebounds. So there's definitely going to need to be more of a, a rebounding presence. I also will just emphasize what you said. He is at his best when he is driving to the basket and getting to the free throw line. We have seen him get three point happy at times He has that shot. I think he continues to work on his shooting, which is huge. But when he drives to the basket, he is so lethal. We've seen the dunks. We've seen all the highlight reels. I think that is the most explosive part of his game. And if he can be a big rebounder too, he is is one of the most important players on this team, no doubt. I wonder if he will experience foul trouble this year, especially if he has to be one of the big guys. Like you mentioned, if Villanova has to go big with Slater, Samuels, and Dixon, I wonder how he'll do, because if he goes down with foul trouble, I expect him to have 10 to 12 points per game. That would be a huge blow. And we saw Mm -hmm. Caleb Daniels struggle with that this year. So I think that's going to be something he maybe hasn't thought about too much because there have always been big men that have uh, handled that burden before. But again, grad student, fifth year, bonafide leader on this team. I think he'll be very fine. When we talk about filling the the shoes of a Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And I said, Eric Dixon is not the one I would look at. Jermaine Samuels is the closest one I would look at to try and pick up some of that post-production, some of that rebounding. You know, I, I like to see him when he's getting to the rim. We know about all his athleticism. He can of course shoot the three ball a little bit. He's the guy that I think can really chip into those numbers that Jeremiah put up and start to increase some of his, of course, as a leader here in his last season. Yeah. And the confidence is so big with him too. We've seen the 32 point games. We've seen the 12 rebound games when he takes it upon himself to rip that rebound down and to take it all the way to the basket. That's what we need to see that intensity, every single game from Jermaine Samuels. And this team is infinitely better than it is when he's not as good as that, as that form of himself. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. All right, and let's talk about the most important player on the (laughs) Villanova Wildcats, Colin Gillespie. Take it away, Pat. So it's funny here. I wrote a decent amount of notes for each player. I don't really have anything for Colin Gillespie because it boils down to a couple things and that he is the guy. He is the straw that stirs the drink here. You know, just a year ago, 14 points per game, five assists per game, three rebounds per game. Of course, Big East preseason player of the year, a first team All-American choice here in the preseason. He's everything, you know, to this offense, not only offense, but to this defense as well with his leadership. Now he sets guys up and now he's able to really, you know, pester ball handlers his health is everything to Villanova going forward. We know about how important he is with the three ball. He's gotten better and better in his distribution throughout the years. I don't even want to say too much on it because we all know it for Colin Gillespie already. So I just don't, I I don't need to give everyone what they already know. He's the key guy. And you know, the, the thing this year is, can he compete for a wooden award? That is what I think the main question is for Colin Gillespie, because what else is there to ask of him? That's exactly where I was going to go. Not only is he everything to Villanova, he's cementing himself as potentially the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. He's a preseason All-American, preseason Big East player of the year. He's on the preseason Bob Cousy award watch list. Yeah, he has 
expanded his sights to now winning the wooden. And I think he is squarely in that conversation, if not the leader in that conversation. And the biggest compliment I have for Colin Gillespie, and I think this really encapsulates his game, Villanova had the second fewest turnovers allowed per game in the country last year. And that offense was led by Colin Gillespie. And it'll be the same offense this year that just doesn't turn the ball away. I think, I can't remember who said it, but you have to beat Villanova so squarely whenever you play them because Villanova never beats itself. And Colin Gillespie is just the perfect encapsulation of the type of player that Villanova loves. Yeah, no, <laughs> without a doubt. You're, you're completely right on everything. Villanova had the sixth best adjusted offense efficiency a year ago. Most of that came down to Colin Gillespie. Yep. That's, that's all we can tell. That's him. it. That's and it. I was... We saw how, how desperate it seemed when he went down and there was a lot of magic that happened, but I'll, I'll continue to say it. They were one half and one Colin Gillespie away from beating Baylor last year. It really was that close because what Colin Gillespie adds to this team is, is literally unquantifiable. He is it. He's back for his fifth year. And this is what makes this team's ceiling so high because of Colin Gillespie, to put it simply. Yeah. No, All right. without a doubt. That is every player on the Villanova roster. <laughs> I have a nice nugget to end us out here before we get into some questions and we can give our predictions for the game tonight too. The Cats have won their last 18 season openers. So the odds are in their favor tonight. Do you agree? I would agree with that. I, I, I think I love that stat there. Um, and on top of it, too, they're 4-0 all time against Mount St. Mary's. Uh, last one coming in a 2017 NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think it's probably a 10 plus lead or uh, yeah, deficit at that point. Um, I think they handle Mount St. Mary's definitely in the second half. I think the first half could be close because of. Mm-hmm that defensive edge that Mount St. Mary's brings, like we talked about in our non-conference schedule preview. But I think this offense gets going early and late and they're able to pull away a little bit. And my, my biggest hope is that we just get to see some of those younger guys. We get to see the, the Chris Archer Diaconos and, and maybe the Longinos, but most likely the Pattersons. And we get to see Slater. We get to see Eric Dixon step up and we get to see Colin Gillespie recovering from that injury. It's just, it's so great to finally have the basketball back. I'm going to list off every single thing and it's going to be everything I'm excited for, but it really, I just can't believe it's here. Uh, I, I'm pumped to watch it tomorrow. Uh, what I'm looking for most of Villanova is how they stack up against this, you know, bigger Mount yeah. St. Mary's team. And, and it really is a solid defensive unit in Mount St. Mary's. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. All said and done, yes, I think Villanova does take care of it. I'll go with 77-59 as a final score. I do think Villanova runs away with it a little bit in the second half. I I agree that I think things might come out a little not so pretty at the start of the game with uh, Mount St. Mary's ability to really make things difficult on defense, but I do think Villanova starts to run away with it in the second half. Yeah, cool. What You said 77 is the amount of points that Villanova scores? Yeah, 77-59 I'll go with. I'll do like 72-60. to Okay. I think they score a little bit less, but I think that's definitely at least 10 points. Yeah. No, I'm with it. And hey, I'll be there. I can't wait. I we hopefully... are so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I hope I see everyone there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. But all right, ready to get into some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we did ask for some mailbag questions. 
always feel free to tweet them to us uh, at SONNPod. We love hearing from everyone. We're super excited to, to be able to end shows this way. So our first one is from Jerry Quinn. And first thing for Jerry, thank you so much for messaging me about uh, about the podcast and that you're enjoying it. We really appreciate it. We're super excited to, to continue with it through the season. So first question from Jerry, what freshman needs to play productive minutes for Nova to win the Big East? Yeah, I think it's Nana Njoku. And I, I we've talked about how much of a shame it is that he hasn't had the off season that we all hoped, but I really do believe even if it's as late as the big, big East conference play him as the five, if Dixon struggles and whenever Dixon needs a bench spell, I think that's going to be really important to continue to play big because playing small ball can be a strength at times, but if the team relies on it too much, I think that quickly turns into a weakness. So and Joko as the big man will be big for Nova. Yep. And then the, my answer bleeds into the second question, but it is Trey Patterson for me, just a guy that has now been at the program for a little bit. Uh, again, was so highly touted out of high school, has that size, has the ability to stretch things. You know, we talked about it on his preview. I'm very excited for Trey and I think he's going to make an impact right away. Yep. And he totally is a part of that rotation. He's not a freshman. He has half a year plus the summer of the program under his belt. So you can 100, 100% expect early contributions from Trey Patterson this year. Yeah. So I, we can go through number two pretty quick. Cause I think we we've already talked about it, but are you expecting Trey Patterson to be a part of the rotation? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> we've, yeah, yes. we've talked about plenty of it so far. I just happened to go with this question here, but yes, I think you're going to see a lot of Trey. And then who is our X factor? What player has the biggest influence on how we perform on defense and offense? Yeah, I love this question. I love answering the X factor type questions. I think when you think offensively and defensively, I'm going to go with Eric Dixon Mm -hmm. because we mentioned seeing potentially at least a doubling of minutes, maybe a doubling of points. If you add that to the offense from Samuels and Gillespie and more, that'll be great but I am just so eager to see how he matches up against the other big men in every single game. That is his role. He is the guy. And I think when he goes, the rest of this team goes. I like that X factor. I'll go Caleb Daniels, you know, being able to add some consistent scoring off the bench in the rotation or in the lineup, excuse me, whichever it is. I think that'll be very important Uh, offense. It would be very easy to just go Colin Gillespie here, but if I want to combine the two of them, I'll go back to Brandon Slater and say, he's the best defender on this team. And if he can, you know, add some points and some scoring to it, he can have a huge impact impact on how Villanova runs. Yeah, totally. I like it. I like it. So thank you, Jerry. And then three more questions here from Rob Enselm. These are more about getting to know us. So I hope you enjoy it. Number one, what was your go-to order at Campus Corner? So I wasn't a huge food person from Camp Go, but my go-to order was a Moose Tracks milkshake. And milkshake's very good. Yeah, so good. What was yours? I love their Buffalo chicken wrap. I will say that it was absolutely excellent. Uh, Never say no to some Mac and cheese bites. And Mm. then uh, to celebrate uh, a couple of intramural championships that you are also a part of uh, always loved to, uh, to indulge with the fat cat with hot sauce. uh, Yeah. I thought that pizza was really good too. Yeah. Listen, it did the job, right? (laughs) We love Camp Co. So always great favorite sports teams outside of Villanova. Yeah, so I am a diehard Boston Red Sox fan. I was able to go to two of their playoff games this past season against the Yankees in the wild card and when they clinched at home against the Rays. So that was amazing. That is the team I am most into. I am a Patriots fan, but 
the thing with me is I, I just love the NFL so much. I am just as happy watching any other game. <laughs> I know Pat feels that way too, but he has a, a diehard team too, but Patriots. And then I'm also a loose Celtics fan, but there you go. I also after the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks, I don't know why I said that after the Knicks run last year, I might convert to being a Knicks fan. I respect it. Let's do it. Bring yeah, it in. <laughs> so for me, I, I'm a diehard for all my teams because I'm an absolute psycho. Um, but I'm a huge uh, and painful Met fan, unfortunately. Um, you know, through and through, I was at the World Series in 2015 and watched them lose that one. Uh, big Giants fan as well for football. Uh, diehard Islanders fan. Love my hockey. I would call myself a loose Knicks fan as well. I am not a big NBA guy, but when I do, I do watch the Knicks and I would not want to insult all the Knicks fans that really are very, very dedicated in calling myself a fan. But then on top of that, I am a huge soccer guy as well. And that brings me to Liverpool of the English Premier League. So I love my sports. It's what I do. Um, and it's, you know, super exciting, of course, to, uh, to always watch the teams. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And last question, Rob needs some new music. What are you listening to? Yeah, Rob, uh, man, I really hope you like this answer because Pat and I might disappoint. In <laughs> we are both huge country music fans. I was actually in Nashville last week and it was so the cool first time going. So it was cool. An unbelievable trip for anybody who hasn't gone. Genuinely, even if you don't like country music, I think you can love Nashville. Just the scene and the bar scene and how, how many people are there and the live music. It is just amazing. But yeah, I've been listening to a ton of country. I'm going to see Luke Combs soon. I'm going oh. to see Brett Young soon. I love Zach Brown and Thomas Rhett. Those are, those are my favorite art- artists. Uh, I love it. Yes. I, I would say I'll give you similar things. I am big classic rock guy. You know, I love my Springsteen. I love my YouTube. I love the stones, all things like that. But I, I would say country is Probably my favorite genre, though. My favorite band overall is Imagine Dragons. If you ever want to listen to that, they did come out with a new album recently. Um, But if you're looking for something new and you want to try country, Zach Brown Band actually did come out with a new album, I believe called The Comeback, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Us Against the World, my favorite song from that album. If you want to just give something to try, because Zach Brown's a lot of fun for even people that aren't, you know, normally into country. Yeah, I like that. They definitely go kind of the folksy route sometimes, which is nice. Nice yeah, the, the pop country that it seems like is kind of flooding everything lately. As you talk about pop country, I saw Luke Bryan, Thomas Rhett, and Zach Brown band this summer in concert. So you know, all, all sort of that pop country, but it's a lot yep. of fun. No, it must have been such a good concert. Hey, we could do a podcast on those concerts oh, if yeah. we really wanted to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this. It is finally here. The wait is over. Make sure to listen to that non-conference schedule preview so you can get to know Mount St. Mary's and UCLA and all the rest of the teams that Villanova will play. But thank you for listening to this one. We were so excited to talk about all these guys. We're going to we have high expectations for this year. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to, right, Pat? We have yep. high expectations for this year mostly because Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels returned but there's going to be a lot of really fun and exciting wrinkles that the rest of the supporting cast adds to this offense and defense very well said we are here so super super excited for that thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of the state of the Nova Nation podcast be sure to subscribe to the show leave a rating and follow us on Twitter at S-O-N-N pod we are finally here it is opening night as this drops hope to see everyone at the game later today uh, there are some awesome articles out there on VU Hoops right now if you're looking for more information on any of the players that we previewed there are player preview articles up for every single one be sure to give those ones a read 
lead. Otherwise, like I said, enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back on Thursday. And Nova Nation, that's a wrap.